I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello, Waco, and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. And we appreciate you joining us this week. This is usually our stats episode, and we think this would be a great time to once again talk about Chief Victorian's violent crime strategic response plan that she presented to council just a few weeks ago. We thought that this would be good because it, one, talks about stats, what we do to combat the crime that we're seeing in the area, and ultimately reduce the crime. And there's three pillars that she focuses on, which is prevention, intervention, and apprehension. And so just to start, we'll uh, talk about the um, stats that we're seeing throughout um, the year of 2022. The biggest thing that we're seeing is the murders. Um, I know, AJ, you have gotten with Crime Stoppers, we've used Crime Stoppers as tips to solve some of these murders. Yes. So most of the murders seem to get an increase in the tips, which is awesome. I mean, it's a platform for the people that are there, present for the incident, and might have ties to the assailant or just scared to get involved. Uh, Crime Stoppers is an avenue for them to anonymously report that. And then for people that maybe don't have that connection, um, just kind of apathetic to why should I say anything, well, hey, here's $2,000, or uh, if it's a gun, it's up to $1,000. Just if we recover a gun off of your tip, there doesn't have to be an arrest. But if somebody gets arrested, you can get up to $2,000. Um, so it just gives people an avenue to completely anonymously report and help the police combat whatever issues we've got going on. So a lot of people focus on the increase in murders that we've had in the first half of the year. So in total, we've had 12 murder investigations uh, for 2022, which in two of those incidents, there were two deaths. So we have 14 uh, people who have died this year. Of those 12 incidents, we do have nine of those resulting in an arrest so far, um, which is about a 75% arrest rate, which is really great because I think the national average is below 60%, I want to say. Really? I, I believe so. I think it's almost 50% now. That's awesome. So uh, we, our detectives have been working uh, in our crime, in our special crimes unit, just tremendously in, in solving these murders. And so, like I said, of the twelve investigations, we've had nine arrests. So that really is awesome. That just is a testament to the the work that, like you said, the special crimes folks are doing. Because I know with a lot of these cases, people don't like to come forward and talk. They're worried oh, if I say something, I'm a snitch, which you're not. Like if you're if you don't have anything to gain, if you're not someone that's shooting somebody and you're talking to the police, you're not a snitch. If you've been involved in these incidents and you say something, yeah, potentially. But even then, like, we have to work together to make our community safer. And if we're making the detectives' jobs harder, that number is going to decrease or that ratio is going to decrease. But they're working as hard as they possibly can, and that's why we're, I guess, above that national average, which is awesome to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, uh, we've also had – um, 40 incidents of deadly conduct. So that means, uh, you know, random discharges of firearms, drive-by shootings uh, with no victims. Um, and we have reported uh, a little over 123 stolen weapons this year. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So 
And I was just going to read over what deadly conduct was for people that may not know, kind of clarify that a little bit. So basically, you've committed the offense of deadly conduct if you've recklessly engaged in conduct that places another in imminent danger of serious bodily injury. So it's those, the random drive-by or uh, shooting at a group of people or basically putting a person or a group at, at risk of death or serious bodily injury. Right. And so I want to read off just a few of um, our firearm stats that we have. So I know I just said that we have uh, reported firearms stolen for this year. Excuse me. We have 149 reported stolen firearms and we have recovered 288 firearms. Now that doesn't mean that those are all stolen. Um, That can be property found. That can be, you know, safe keeping. That can be stolen firearm so that 288 is not of that 149 essentially but we have recovered 288 firearms um, so far this year and that's guns that have been used in different types of crime like uh, unlawfully carrying a firearm if you're not carrying it in a proper manner that's an offense you go to jail and your firearm gets taken from you and then just comparing that to last year in the full year we recovered 496 firearms so we're already at 288, which is almost more than half, just yeah, about. Two, 250 so, is more than half. So. Right. So uh, we're on track to recover uh, well over, you know, 500 guns this year, which is something that's really important. And I know, AJ, you have a great uh, Grand for a Gun campaign. Yes. So Crime Stoppers recently put out a resolution where they're – Bylaws allow them to pay up to $1,000 for the recovery of a firearm. So traditionally, Crime Stoppers of Waco, uh, serving all of McLennan County, was only able to pay a reward of um, something that led to an arrest. So with this new resolution, they're trying to help the police, all these law enforcement agencies in the county, and um, their bylaws now allow them to pay a reward if there's no arrest and a firearm is recovered, uh, an illegal firearm, so uh, used in the commission of a crime, something that uh, was stolen, um, whatever the case may be, if the firearm was illegal, it was recovered or possess- or taken out of this person's possession and now in law enforcement custody, you're completely anonymous and you get up to $1,000 for helping make our community safer. Right, absolutely. And so with... Uh you know, in, in response to this violent crime strategic plan, uh, this is just designed to kind of take a comprehensive approach to combat gang violence and other gun-related crime that's impacting the safety of our city. And it's going to involve a multitude of different departments, not only us, but also uh, our TAG unit, um, special and criminal investigations, our neighborhood engagement team, community outreach, department volunteers, the district attorney's office, and the federal prosecutor's office, as well as local law enforcement partners, Waco community stakeholders, including the Waco Independent School Law Enforcement District, La Vega Independent School District, and clergy, youth organizations, businesses, and Waco social service organizations are also instrumental in this prevention and, and intervention and reduction and apprehension efforts. And we say that because we can't do this alone. A uh, Chief Victorian has said multiple times that this is not a police problem. This crime is not a police problem. It's a community problem. And so we need not only us, but we need you guys to start stepping up and taking initiative to help these uh, youth uh 
young adults, uh, anyone uh, kind of veer them off this path of crime that you may be seeing them go down. Um, because without your help, uh, you know, this, this problem is only going to continue to get worse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like our younger populations are just looking for someone that guides them, teaches them, accepts them, all these different things. And they're not finding that from positive places currently. So if we can get all these different groups that she just mentioned positively impact our youth and encourage them to go in a different direction than what they're trending towards right now. Right. And we're going to play a few of Chief Victorian's clips from the council report or council meeting, excuse me, on June 7th. Um, So we're going to go ahead and play something that she mentioned in that meeting here. This plan is being implemented within the framework of our department's mission to provide police services to the Waco community with integrity, professionalism, respect, accountability, and to preserve life and property to enforce the law within the framework of the United States Constitution and to work in partnership with our community and being good stewards of the public's trust and resources. We we would do this by maintaining our commitment to relational policing, by building trust through transparency, respect, engagement, building emotional capital, and and accountability. So a lot of things, what she just said there is the acronym TREAT, uh, and she does... That's a new uh, acronym she brought on to the department um, to, you know, like she said, create transparency, respect, um, engage in the community and create emotional capital. And ultimately, you will be able to provide trust within not only us in the department, but with the community and vice versa. It's a trust that needs to be built for the community, for our officers and our officers for the community. Basically, just something to solidify and grow our relationship between us as police officers and different community members as community members. I mean, um, Robert Peel, the father of policing says the police are the community and the community are the police essentially like the only difference between me and anybody else in the community when it comes to like doing right and fighting crime is that I get paid to fight crime more. Sure. Absolutely. Um, And, um, that's just one thing that she's definitely honing on recently because yeah. a lot of people have asked us, what, what are you doing? What is the police doing? How, how are you guys changing this narrative? And she said, well, here's everything we're doing. And in that we need you guys as well, because, uh, we have a lot of different events that we invite, uh, local organizations to and youth groups, churches, all that type of stuff, um, to increase those positive interactions through community engagement with an emphasis on crime prevention, of course, as as we have those, like I said, the younger generations that come to these events, we, we hope to kind of give them a little spark to to want to do the right thing. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these events like the, the code that we just recently had that the NET unit put together. I mean, look at the folks that are coming out to these events and support them. I mean, they're... They're showing up at 8 o'clock on a Saturday in 100 and whatever degrees to show that they're here to hopefully positively impact our youth and get them in something positive. I mean, go to that business, donate to that charity, whatever the case may be. I mean, help them, help us, and and then you come show up and help out too. I mean, we've got the uh, Citizens Police Academy if you want to be a volunteer at the police department. 
um, different groups like that. And for the kids, we've got the Explorers as a, another great group to both learn about the police department, get involved with something positive, and volunteer a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that, and the what's great about, so we have our Explorers and we have our JPA, um, and that usually gets cut off around that 18 to 21 age range. Um, but we also have our Citizens on Patrol yeah. and our Citizens Police Academy that starts at 18. You can Yeah, and the cool thing about that is, like, I would say the majority of those folks are retired, looking to give back to the community. But I've seen a few Baylor students come through. I think there's been a lot of MCC students that I talked to that their teacher told them to come check it out, and they did, and they liked what they saw, so they wanted to be a part of it. Um, I mean, we've got so many awesome events that need volunteer help. Mm-hmm. So if you've got any interest in it, like come talk to us. Right, and and not only that, but we're constantly trying to implement new programs. Kind of unrelated to the gun stuff, but you know, if you're if you see somebody that's not having a good day and you talk to them, you could completely do a 180 for their their mood, their situation they're going through. I mean, somebody could be going through a very traumatic, tragic experience, and all you did was say hi and smile at them, but it could just 180 their day. Like they go from this dark, sad place to they're on cloud nine because, hey, somebody talked to me. Um, I mean, I've read stories of how that's prevented people from suicidal thoughts and, and, and going down that path. So just get out there and love love your neighbor. I mean. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, too, it, it goes into also holding offenders accountable, apprehending them and holding them accountable. So that's just something that we want you to know that as a police department, we are doing that. And we are constantly identifying offenders and arresting them uh, on, on a daily basis. Um, so that's something that uh, we would like you to know that we know that we are doing that. And but we just need your help to continue to do that. The Waco Police Department's violent crime um, trends as, a, as this year, 2022, as compared to 2021, so far has remained flat. Um, however, national violent crime trends have risen with marginal increases in, in the crime rate per 100,000 people between 2019 and 22. The state of Texas has seen similar increases with violent crime trends increasing since 2018. And when comparing Waco to itself, the city of Waco experienced a gradual increase in 2018 with a slight decline in 2019 and increases in violent crime in both year 2020 and 2021. Now, most of our murders and aggravated assaults occur because of personal conflicts and implode into impulsive behaviors. So what she's saying about that is when she says that that crime rate is almost flat, and even though it it seems like crime is increasing, it's really only our murders that have increased through the first half of the year, um, like we said in the beginning. And so when she says that crime rate is flat, what she's talking about is the number of reported incidents from last year to this year, the difference is... I think five or six incidents. So with that, it's only a zero to 1% increase from the same time, uh, January to June last year to this year. So five or six out of how many do you know? Let me look up the graph here. And something towards the end of that little clip from Chief where she mentioned that most of the, the incidents are 
they're isolated. I mean, th- I would say the majority of our murders are somebody from one group got mad that somebody from another group got mad at somebody from that yeah, first group. It's so it's, it's basically it's, going back and forth, yeah. but instead of, you know, resolving conflict as a person to person, we're going to, you know, talk and resolve conflict and go from there. Right. They're shooting at each other. Right. And, and we, that puts everyone at risk because, I mean, they're not the most accurate. They don't have the training that we do. They don't have the the firearm safety procedures that we practice. I mean, it's just we're taking a small argument and turning it into something that's altering people's lives. Right. Well, I mean, bottom line is just using a gun to solve problems is not the answer. Right. It's just right there. And so I've got this graph up, but it's our uh, through May 2022. So our monthly stats come out uh, a month prior. So we'll get our June stats uh, on July, around July 15th. Um, and so for violent crime totals, year um, for 2021, and that's from January to May, we had 1,037 incidents reported for violent crime. And that same time this year, we've had 1,046. So with a nine incident reported difference, it's about a 1% increase in change. So that's what she means by nearly flat. Yeah. Just I mean, just to clear that up for everyone. That's, that's nine out of 1,000. That's, that's such a very small percent. So that's that right. flat. Right. Very, very small. And so that's something that... We want to remind you guys that Waco is a safe city. Uh, like she said, these are interpersonal conflicts with one another, and we're just trying to get into these, uh, you know, these people's minds. Is that you know we have to start respecting human life? Basically, is the is the bottom line here. And so, like I said, we're going to be working on to do that. We have our Prevention, intervention, and apprehension. So some things that we do um, for prevention is our programs. So we have our back-to-school bash, um, and, you know, we are constantly trying to actively engage the efforts to reduce and deter crime through prevention. Uh, We have the, uh, we will, well, I said we will build better partnerships with our local schools and reigniting our Police Activities League, which is the PAL program. That's something I just recently heard of. Do you know much about the PAL program? I should because it's something my sergeant's working on, but I'm not personally involved, so I don't know specifics on that. That's okay. We'll cut that out. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We have our hosting community events and participating in programs such as the Law Enforcement Against Drug and Violence, which is a lead. Um, That's another program, kind of like D.A.R.E., I guess, but a little bit more... um, uh, fine-tuned, I guess, or, or it's kind of a different take on it. Um, and, of course, we have our neighborhood engagement team that's actively going out to those neighborhood meetings, creating events within those neighborhoods, uh, talking to schools, and I- engaging them to start working with us to help solve the crime in those specific areas. So the Police Activities League, Sierra mentioned, is, uh, you may have heard of PALS, Um, I know that we had it in my high school back up north, but that's a nationwide organization that is there to intentionally engage the youth, and it's to help them uh, prevent juvenile, it's to help discourage them from juvenile crime and help prevent it, and it's a a mentorship program 
and it provides enrichment and education, athletic and recreational opportunities. So we've recently applied to renew our local chapter for at-risk youth to deter them from gangs, drugs, and all the other criminal activity we've been talking about today. And they've recently had their first board meeting to implement this program in the, the community schools. Um, and then, you know, we've had people from my community outreach unit on here a few times talking about the different programs we've got. Um, we've already started working on the back to school bash. We, as soon as we get done with that, we'll begin the planning for the trunk retreat. Um, we've got the crime prevention summit that the net units done, the community out community opportunity just happened. Um, and we've got plans for other activities and, you know, every time chief gets a good idea for, Hey, we should, we should look into this. It turns into a community event. So keep your eyes out for those. If you are a, a community partner and you want to, you know, work with us on these events, reach out to, to the PD, uh, call the community outreach outreach unit. Let us know, Hey, like this is the services my organization provides. This is how we help at risk youth. This is what we can do to, uh, help grow your event and and we'll see what we can do to get you out there oh, and I was gonna say on the flip side if you want to support like we we need donations for school supplies and uh, backpacks and that sort of thing so if you if you just don't want to get out and sweat and you've got a lot of money burning a hole in your pocket donate to somebody that's supporting these events or supporting these youth groups or that kind of thing. Right. And like I said, it's so important, you know, community partners. So we're trying to partner with as many as we can to help implement these certain uh, events and and activities. And so we're partnering with Waco ISD uh, to work on that lead program, like I had said, which is a curriculum to engage youth by educating them on the dangers of drugs, drug-related crime, bullying, just mutual respect and goodwill and positive relationships with their communities and law enforcement. And when you do that, when we're, this is all part of the prevention, right? Because when we're working with our youth at a young age, continuing to work with our youth, continuing to talk to them, we hope that we can set them on a better path of life, give them a better future, um, because they have every opportunity to do so. And so we want to make sure that we're giving them that opportunity and helping them along the way if they need it. And then that brings us to the intervention. So we talk about all of our events that try and prevent all this, but we have to talk about the intervention now. So like I said earlier, Project Safe Start is the correct title of this. And uh, like I said, it's just churches, church organizations, partnering with our police department, going into schools. And like I said, just having a conversation. We also have our TAPS, which is Teen and Police Service Academy. And that's going to continue to encourage and support our local ISDs to include the teen and police service programs and clubs in our local middle schools and high schools. It's an 11-week, two-hour-week commitment for both students and police officers, and the program aims to empower at-risk youth, engage law enforcement to minimize social distance among at-risk youth, and enhance communities by providing a curriculum of tools for our students to be better citizens. Chief also brought up violence interrupters. And there was um, a, a little bit of confusion on, on the word there. And totally. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, is this like that interrupting cow moo thing? No, or? no, no, no. So uh, what I'm going to say first, what uh, it, it is, what it isn't, what violence interrupters is not. Us as a police department, we don't want people to put themselves in danger. We don't want them to step in front of that gun. That's not what we're saying. We want 
people to maybe know that a crime might happen, know that someone is at risk of maybe committing a crime or might become victim to a crime and interrupt it before it starts. We want them to work with that person, maybe talk with us and see how we can work with that person to stop that cycle of crime. Um, And I'm going to have Chief explain it here as well. So while you're pulling that up, is this something where, so I've gotten a few Crime Stoppers tips that are like, this event is going to happen at this location at approximately this time. Is that Mm -hmm. what this is talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. And we have also, uh, this is going to be a grant funded opportunity as well. So, and I'll have Chief explain that here. And that community stakeholder is going to be Waco Connect. Waco Connect is going to uh, apply for the grant. Uh, Then we'll identify 501c3 organization or grassroots organizations in the community and be able to, through the grant, there are training opportunities to make sure that we identify and train those um, we feel would be uh, able to go in and be those persons. And they have to be willing to do it. We're not going to... Um, you know, try to tie anybody's hands or force anybody's hands. But one of the things that I found out as we were researching the violence interrupters is that they were paid. And so that's one of the reasons for the grant. That's one of the reasons that it's with an outside entity and not directly with the police department. Um, Even though we will will train and be supportive um, in every way that we can. So what she's saying is that these people are going to be trained basically to maybe just know the signs someone might be experiencing, what, uh, you know, the signs to pick up if someone is needing some intervention, some, some help. And so if it's going to be their knowledge to be able to either get them the resources that they need, send them to us, notify us. Like I said, it's going to stop the cycle of crime before the crime happens. So that's what we mean by that violence interrupter. We don't, like I said, we don't want you jumping in front of the gun uh, when the crime is actively happening. We don't want you guys to go out and try and stop it. Call us. We want you to try and stop it before it happens. Yeah. When something's happening, you know, the, we teach with CRACE training, Civilian Response to Active Shooter Events. What we teach people is avoid, deny, defend. And that's what I think is an appropriate thing to preach here is if there is an incident, avoid it if it's happening. Deny them the ability to you know, involve you as a victim. And then if you have to defend yourself, we're, we're absolutely not saying go in there, stop the fight. That's what the police are for. That's what we get paid the big bucks. That's why we wear the bulletproof vest, carry all the cool tools. So if something's actively happening, Call 911, get to where you're safe, or get to where you're safe and then call 911, whatever the order is that keeps you safe. Right, absolutely. But, like, if you know a fight's happening or something like that, you can absolutely contact us. Like, if you want to remain anonymous and make money doing it, you can call Crime Stoppers. But I think that's basically what is being said is, like, mm-hmm. be a good neighbor and let right. us let us come help you. Right, and like I said, you know, it's just a little bit more – Uh, I guess, a level up in a sense because they might be receiving, like I said, some training with how to identify those maybe a little bit quicker or how to get them those resources that they need. So um, that's just something that, like I said, we're working on with Waco Connect. Uh, Really excited to partner with them in doing that because we think that this is one thing that's really going to help, you know, like I said, stop that cycle of crime. Another part of our intervention is that social resource coordinator. So we have D'Angela Bynum, who we had on one of our podcasts to talk about what she does as a social resource coordinator, helping those maybe frequent offenders um, who are struggling with getting on the right path, 
she's going to go in and help and work with those one-on-one individuals um, because it's something that our officers, unfortunately, they just can't do on a daily basis. Our patrol officers can't uh, work with someone that they uh, maybe interact with for that call, but you know, then they're called to another incident and they have to go and fix that situation. Um, So our social resource coordinator then kind of swoops in and helps with with that. Like I said, many ways that we're doing to, that's part of the intervention part of this of this plan. So we talked about our prevention and intervention, and now I'm going to have Chief Victorian from the uh, June 7th meeting talk about our apprehension. Of course, our plan requires apprehension and uh, redu- crime reduction strategy as well as prevention and intervention. Prevention and, in- prevention and intervention, of course, are on the front end of our efforts. We just want our community to know that we ca- care about their success. We don't necessarily want to put everybody in jail, but unfortunately, there are going to be some that are not going to want to abide by the law and that are going to be a threat to our community that we must apprehend uh, and put them in, put them in jail. Okay, so our street crimes and our career criminal apprehension and supervision team will combine their resources and their missions. We have already adjusted their shifts where they're working evening shifts and mostly weekend out weekend coverage uh, to address the times when our violent crime is occurring. Um, They will serve as a crime reduction unit and be proactive in conducting traffic stops, surveillance, self-initiated activity in targeted areas where violence is occurring, and on targeted individuals who are wanted or persons of interest in gang-related and associated violence. Uh, They respond to any calls identified as gang-related, have gang uh, connections or gang ties, and those calls with the violent offenders um, are the potential for escalated violence or retaliation. Our gang intelligence officers um, will continue to work with the FBI to assist in in gang-related investigations. And our goal is just to dig deeper into these cases and seek arrest warrants upon developing supporting evidence, making sure that we're linking cases, making sure that we're using the tools that we have to thwart retaliation when we see any connections. Um, And they will follow up on any leads and make sure they're sharing information and continue to work internally with our criminal investigations, special crimes division uh, on investigations related to gang activity. Our patrol command personnel are and have been using their uncommitted time to proactively interrupt illegal activities, including offenses related to firearms involving gang members, um, using information provided by the Texas Anti-Gang Office personnel combined with their knowledge and experience uh, on the streets They've already made numerous, numerous arrests, including BMVs, evading arrests, aggravated assault, unlawful carrying of weapons, and drug offenses. Um, our patrol officers are also contacting and communicating with gang officers and incidents that are believed to be gang-related from information that they may receive on the street. So there's a lot of different pieces that go into the prevention, intervention, and apprehension of all of this. And it also comes with the technology that we use um, to kind of help with the apprehension side. So she talked about CCAST, or the Career Criminal Apprehension Supervision Team and Street Crimes. Those two units are working together. Um, She said that they're working primarily weekends, but I'm pretty sure they're working. They've got a schedule where they're out there every day, just about. Um, And having helped with a staffing to fulfill that almost every day schedule that they're working. Um, every time I have worked with them, there's been at least one or two guns recovered. So it, I think that's a lot of where the 288 is coming from. Is like every day these folks are out there 
whoever they've got working with them, along with the guys and gals in those units, they're recovering guns every time they go out there. And uh, my wife absolutely hates this phrase, but it's an old adage that the best defense is a good offense. And I think that's where we're really putting that into practice here. We've got Seacast, we've got Street Crimes, and they're working with info from the gang intel and other units that are kind of giving them directed targets to to monitor and um, strategically go out there and fight crime in the community. And so I feel like this is a – they need to get credit for what they're doing. Like, they're working really hard. They're, they are adjusting their hours. They are working late hours. I mean, it's just – the crime doesn't sleep, so – they're not really getting to either. So neither do we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and, you know, with all of that, uh, it has to do with the technology that we also have that we're using as our force multipliers, which just means technology that we're using to help apprehend those individuals, basically. Um, and so in addition to all of that, uh, the Waco Police Department's going to adopt both gunshot detection technology and static automated license plate readers um, and that development uh, and that is ALPR. So the de- the deployment of static ALPR cameras would assist us in identifying possible persons involved in discharges, other gun-related offenses, and the identification of suspicious vehicles involved in other criminal activity. And these cameras will only be used for investigative purposes as a tool to identify individuals or vehicles involved in criminal activity. And of course, you know, we will continue to work cooperatively cooperatively with state and federal prosecutors to seek the highest charges possible on gun-related crimes and violent incidents involving documented gang members, felons, and those with a history of violence. So an overall, you know, just to talk about the successes that we have, um, just to touch on them again, you know, the crime reduction and apprehension efforts uh, presented have been ongoing since the uptick in gang-related activity, and we've made arrests in eight murders, uh, 13 sexual assaults, 25 robberies, and 388 assaults. And that's uh, was to date, uh, those numbers are from that meeting on January 7th, so I'm sure there might be a few added to those numbers, but uh, those are the earliest numbers that we have so far. Um, and like I said, we've recovered 288 firearms um, since January 1, 2022. We've been Working hard. Our team has been working really hard to uh, create a uh, you know, safe city, which we are in a safe city, but to create a safer city. Absolutely, yeah. Keep that line flat. I also want to say, too, that uh, our total number of violent crime arrests, uh, we have 433 violent crime arrests. So that's something that since January 1 that we've also worked on. And again, that number... That's from our January 7th meeting. So I'm sure that number has gone up since then, uh, but already 433 arrests in violent crime. One thing I want to round this out with, uh, just, you know, something that we can do or you can do right away if you want to help uh, right now is uh, go on to our Waco Police Department website and sign your camera up for the Neighborhood Camera Initiative. That is just kind of a database of addresses, basically, for us, where we can go in and see that if your camera is registered for the Neighborhood Camera Initiative, if a crime were to occur around that area, we might be able to, your your camera might have picked up on that crime. And so we might ask you, call you up, and ask if we can maybe look at that footage and see Uh, what, uh, you know, if it caught that crime. So that's one thing that you guys can do right away that I think is really beneficial. Yeah, that's definitely something that helps out all the patrol guys, 
when they're on scene is they know, okay, this house has a camera, this house has a camera. Because when an incident happens, like a shooting or a, a murder or something that happens outside, those officers have to go door to door to door. And, you know, when it's 110 degrees and you got your vest and everything on, you're walking from house to house in the sun. It's a lot nicer to know, okay, this house has a camera. I know that we can reach out to them. Somebody go talk to them. Instead of having to randomly go to houses and try to get in touch with somebody, um, that just goes back to, like, helping your neighbor. Because if you want this to stop, like, we've got to be able to get that 75% uh, success rate higher, which, you know, letting us see your cameras if you've got them, because almost everybody's got some form of a ring or a blink or whatever. Um, right. You know, that evidence is usually really helpful. Yeah, so if you're if you're so inclined to get out and help right away, that's just one thing that you can do um, to start, you know, start the ball rolling in your court. So we appreciate you guys joining us today on this week's episode of Waco PD on the Beat. That strategic response plan can be found, again, on the city of Waco website. Uh, you can also watch the entire city council meeting. I know we played a few clips from the June 7th meeting, so you guys can go and watch the whole thing if you'd like. That's also on the website, as well as graphs and also tips that you guys can read to talk about or learn about if you want to get something, get something done in your area. So we're, yeah. al- we're always here to help. And, and of course, also don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, we have multiple events that we are always looking for more organizations to attend and join in on. So we're more than happy to, if you have a resource that you know is useful to the community, we're more than happy to help out with that. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Get them plugged in with all of our community events and grow them and make them an even better event than they were previously. Of course. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator from McLennan County. Have a good one, Waco. Till next time. Waco PD on the beat. The heartbeat serving 